Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, work is hard and work is grueling and work is exhausting and work is never ending. It takes all our time and it's rarely fulfilling. Wait a minute. Is that really true for us believers? Isn't there something different about a believer's view on work compared to the world's view? What if I told you that work and worship were synonymous? That the very act of our working was also to be the very act of us worshiping? Mike Seip was on the show a few years back in Bend, Oregon. He's back to tell us about the Avada principle and 10X groups. Mike Seip, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hi, Jim. Hi, Martha. Hi. We're glad to have you back, and we're super excited about how God's been working in your life these last couple of years. You've got a big story, but why don't you just share really quickly, when did you realize that your faith and your work were supposed to be intricately connected? Well, I'm probably like a lot of business guys, so my my background, I I was an entrepreneur since I was in fifth grade, so I've started and run all kinds of different businesses my my whole life. I've also been uh, a Christian. I haven't always been a Christ follower, but I've, you know, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been a a, a Christian ever since I was a little boy and all through my life, and so I always kind of tried to run ethical businesses and, uh, and even sometimes studied how to do a business by the book, you know, biblically based business principles and went to workshops and seminars on that. But uh, when I was, uh, so it was about seven years ago, I met a gentleman named Buck Jacobs. And Buck Jacobs founded the C12 Group, which is a is a CEO peer organization. Incredible guy, um, uh, awesome mentor of mine, love this man. And so he introduced me to the idea that, um, that our work is actually our ministry, or it could be our ministry. It, it should be our ministry, and and it, it blew my mind because I had never heard that before. Um, now that doesn't mean no one ever told it to me before, but I just <laughs> never heard it before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it was about seven years ago. I love that. Field manuals have been around for decades. You and I are soldiers serving in our mission fields at work. The I Work For Him field manuals are intended to provide the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical perspectives around work, women at work, and retirement. Our field manuals provide the detailed biblical information and faith-based how-tos for Christ followers like you serving in the field. Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore and request your free chapter today. Talking with Mike Sype from 10xgroups.com, 10xgroups.com. Love for you to check them out online. If maybe you've been feeling like, okay, I'm about ready to head into a different spot in my life and I'd like to invest my life in others and I'm in a different part of the country than Bend, Oregon and I want to bring 10x groups and the whole idea of this discipleship of Christian quote-unquote Christian, but maybe Christ-following business owners and leaders and disciple them and how to infiltrate their entire organization with their faith, 10xgroups.com, 10xgroups.com. Mike, when did you realize that faith and work were never supposed to be compartmentalized and how did that affect your work? I mean, so seven years ago when Buck Jacobs said that to you, were you living a compartmentalized life? Oh, sure. Um, I, I, I think my life was probably not much different than any other relatively decent heathen. Um, you know, I was a, I was a Christ follower, uh, I thought, and, but that was on Sunday. So I'd go on Sunday to church and, 
And then I go to a Wednesday evening Bible study or a small group or whatever, and, you know, try to live a, a, a decent life. But basically Monday through, um, sadly, Saturday night and often Sunday afternoon was devoted to business, which was separate. And so, you know, I had a divided life and I didn't know there was anything different. So then insert a little known word that you stumbled across in the ancient world that plays a huge role in our real world. So what is that word? Well, uh, not long ago, I came across this word Avada and, and where it came from was um, the, the tension of modern life. You know, for, for men and women, both, we're, we're faced with lots of messages. People tell us that we're supposed to be this, do that. You know, if you're a man, you're supposed to be a, a warrior in the, and, and you're supposed to be a protector, but you're also supposed to be gentle. You're supposed to be a provider and you're supposed to carve out your destiny in the marketplace, but you're also supposed to make it to your kindergarten daughter's ballet. And for women, the same thing, all of these things. And, uh, and for, for many people, and, and, and I reached that place, I, I reached a place where I said, man, I just, I can't do all this. I can't be all these things. I can't be all these people. I can't go all these places. I can't do all this stuff. This is impossible. I'm a failure. Mm. Now, I was actually, you know, not like failing economically or anywhere else, but I, but I felt like a failure. <laughs> and so I began to look for a solution. And the, the solution that is the most prominent solution these days is to go after a balanced life. You've probably heard that. People yeah, speak this. People speak Mike, <laughs> Mike, there's no such thing as a balanced life. I mean, that's well, ridiculous. That's the, that's the whole point. But see, this is not new news. This goes back to Socrates and Plato. You know, back in the days of the Greek philosophers, they talked about this golden mean, which was like, um, sort of like the best of the worst, the worst of the best. It was like being average. It was sort of like Jesus said, it was lukewarm which uh, he didn't have a real high opinion of. And, and if you think about it, Jesus didn't live a balanced life. He lived a, a life of, of passion, and he was way out of balance. And Paul was way out of balance. And Peter and all the disciples, they, they, were, they didn't live balanced lives. So the Bible doesn't have this. But the ancient Greeks had this balanced principle of life, and it got carried forward. And so now we have all kind of pundits that, that talk about the balanced life, and it's totally impossible. Like you said, there's no way. There's no such thing as, as balance a noun. There's only trying to balance, which means you're always failing because you're always falling. And so, so I went from one paradigm of failure to another paradigm hmm. of failure, which didn't help me very no. much. But a, but a lot of people are living in that, man, how can I stay balanced? I got to be balanced, but I'm failing. Oh, man, this isn't working. And so I began to investigate the idea of living rather than a balanced life, an integrated life. And unfortunately, there's not a lot written on an integrated life. And I'll, I'll spare you the long story. But basically, my search trying to understand an integrated life led me to one of the oldest words in human language and that word actually started in um in the uh, prehistoric times actually in in paleo or uh, or uh, hieroglyphics and then it became one of the first written words in the hebrew language and shows up first in genesis and that word is avada or if if you pronounce it probably correctly in hebrew avadah and that word means what well, it's a word that, fascinatingly enough, and I didn't know this until I until I uh, discovered it and went into it, 
it, it turns out that in the Hebrew language, one word can mean more than one thing simultaneously. Now, this is different than English. In English, you know, you can have a you can have one word uh, like sign. So, sign can mean a uh, a sign like a billboard, or it could mean I sign my name, or there's a number of different right. things that sign can mean, but it doesn't mean them at the same time. So what I discovered is the Hebrew language is interesting because one word can can mean more than one thing simultaneously. And the reason that is, is because it's a picture-based language rather than a phonetic language. So it's not about sounds, it's about the pictures that are created by the individual letters. And so this word, avodah or, or avada, is a three-letter word and and it means simultaneously work worship and service and it shows up in those different contexts with the same word or permutations of that word some 450ish times throughout the old testament really so when you when you ran across that word and you started to learn its meaning how did that resonate with you what what was it that it that was your aha well, what it did was it, it tied this this idea of of integration together because if if balance isn't the answer and chaos isn't the answer, then then what's the answer? And if if the answer is integration, then what are you supposed to integrate? And so when I began to research the word avada um, and learned that the things we're supposed to integrate is our work, our worship, and our service, and they're to be seamless, that they're to be the same because that's what it means when one word means three things simultaneously, it doesn't mean one word over here and one word over there and one word. It means that they're, they're mm-hmm. together. They're the same thing. That means that your work is your worship and your worship is your service and your service is your work and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to uh, Jim, how you opened this, this uh, little discussion with the concept of work because Christians are all messed up about work. I mean, if you ask most most Christians and and probably um, pre-Christians as well about work, most of them will say, well, work is cursed. Um, isn't that what the Bible says? And and the reality, of course, is that that's not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say work is cursed. The, the Bible in Genesis says the ground is cursed. But work is fine. Work is is what we're supposed to be doing. And so our work can become our worship and it's our service. The other thing that um, when you think about work is people have a hard time defining work. And it usually turns out to be something like the way you described it, Jim, you know, grueling, brutal, hard, miserable, some you got to do and all that. But in its in its simplest understanding, work uh, from a from a physics perspective is simply energy applied toward a purpose, energy applied toward a purpose. Hmm. All right. So. This was God's idea. I mean, the the word avada first appears in chapter two of Genesis because God placed Adam in the garden to work it and cultivate it. That, that, that word avada comes out in there. This impacted you so much, Mike Sipe, with 10xgroups.com that you wrote a book, The Avada Principle, how an ancient word holds the key to your most abundant life. So when somebody's going to pick up that book and they're going to call today and they're going to ask for uh, this book uh, to our listener line, 866-713-9675, when they read this book from cover to cover, what are they going to walk away with? I think it's going to be a real paradigm shifter for them 
because this is not a common message. The, the common message in the world is, uh, is balance or, or chaos or just slug it out to the bitter end. The, the language of Avada, of an integrated life of work, worship, and service, and, and how those play out together as, uh, as you live that form of life, is not a common conversation. In fact, if you were to even go and ask people to to define, as I have uh, in the research, and I've gone out and I've worked with uh, with hundreds of people, ask him, you know, what did, what does work mean to you? What does worship mean to you? What does service mean to you? And and there really uh, are fragmented definitions of this. So how could we even have it integrated unless we begin to get a clear understanding of those three concepts and then how they work together? So that's what people will get out of the Avada principle is, first of all, this overall construct of an integrated life of work, worship, and service, and then what that looks like. And I even have two case studies, one that's a case study from the Old Testament, and then, which is a fascinating story, and then another one uh, from modern day times, uh, a dear friend of mine who um, who lives this out every day. So the couple of real life case studies that people can refer to and say, oh, this is what it looks like. Oh, and that's exactly the kind of person I am. I'm like, give me a picture, show me what it looks like. So thank you for putting that in your book because it's, um, you know, it's good to read the principles and the the background, but then to be able to apply it. So it's great that there's something in scripture. Can you um, make, first I want to remind our listeners that they can call our listener line at 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. And if you're not able to dial right now, remember our website has our contact, our, our listener line phone number on there on our contact page. Iworkforhim.com. Go to the contact page. Our phone number is there, and you can do um, call that way. Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind that gives you control. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform, and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform. That's I Work For Him Power Pod. So, Mike Sype, you are with, I want to just give a little plug here. Jim's kind of talked about 10X, and I want to go back to the book for a minute. But um, what is 10X Groups, um, so that kind of our listeners understand where where you are um, spending your day and how that really fits in with this conversation? Sure. So, 10X Groups are... um are peer groups, in other words, equals or peers, um, peer groups of Christian CEOs or business owners that have um, multiple employees and, uh, you know, and significant revenue. Um, that's one facet of it. But there are, and I call those 10x CEO groups. And then there are 10x pro groups, which are mm-hmm. um, programs for startup businesses, entrepreneurs, professional practitioners like lawyers and accountants and coaches and real estate brokers. In other words, they're, they're sole proprietors or, or they're single person operators of the business. And so, so there's one facet of the 10X program that deals with 
larger companies and the CEOs and business owners and the conversations around the table tend to be uh, more leadership oriented. Mm-hmm. And then the then there's another facet of the business uh, of the 10x offering that deals with um, with sole proprietors, if you will, or or professional practitioners. Mm. And the thrust of the discussion around that table tends to be about production, about getting results, because the the individuals around the table are individually in production. They they have to leave the meeting and they have to go sell something. They have to go produce right. results. So right. we're in a uh, individual production results conversation in the 10X Pro meetings. And that's a really unique, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of those out there, are there? Well, there's not a whole lot of options for um, for CEO groups. There are a couple of really fine organizations in uh in the United States right now, uh, C12 Group and and also Convene that do fine job with with CEO peer groups and I have huge respect for both organizations and the leadership of both those organizations. Um, we we think our 10x CEO groups have significant differences, but um, but but certainly there are mm-hmm. great options across the country and then um, but in the area of of serving entrepreneurs, of serving startups and sole proprietors and small businesses, there's very little. And and this is, if, if it's lonely at the top being a CEO of a business, imagine how lonely it is when you're the top, middle, right. and bottom, when you're yeah. the only, when, when you have no one to talk to. You got the whole thing. And, it's all riding on that's you. Right. And, so, and you have to be like in the message version that talks about Paul being out on the ragged edges of the world. Um, in his uh, his ministry, and that's what it feels like to be an entrepreneur out all alone on the ragged edges of the world. And so these groups provide an awesome framework for entrepreneurs to to come together and build uh, strong peer associations. Awesome. Hey, as we're talking with Mike Sipe about 10x groups and the Avada principle, Mike, I want to know how did you tie them all together? You've written this book. God revolutionized your life through a revelation of understanding of the word Avada, which is work and worship and service all in one. How does that intricately tie into and fuel the movement we call 10x groups? Well, it's really at the core of our work and our study in, in 10X. It, it forms the, the philosophical and theological foundation for our, our studies. And, and it is one of the key differentiators between alternatives um, and, and 10X is that this concept of Avada is at the, at the core of our work which is not just that we're going to go run a business according to biblical principles. Nothing wrong with that. That's a great thing. Obviously, sure. it needs alternatives. Sure. But that's not really what we're called to do. What do you mean? Um, we're, no, we're, we're called to live in relationship um, and to live this integrated life, which is a life of constant worship through everything we do. But why? Why um, We're running out of time, and I want to be sure, why? Why <laughs> is that so important? What is the impact on an organization when a leader understands the Avada principle? The understanding is because you become Holy Spirit-led as you abide moment by moment in all that we do. And how in, does in that other Im- words, if, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, if you're going to follow someone... You have, I mean, why all leaders follow someone, right? Right. So you you can follow yourself. That's scary <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> you, have, you can follow your spouse. You can follow your kids. You can follow your parents. 
all of those are options. You you can follow Satan. That he, he would like that. Uh, many people do that vigorously. Um, or or we can follow God. But then the question is, how do we follow God? Do we do we do it like the Old Testament with a bunch of rules and regulations and religion, or do we do it through a moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day relationship? where we're guided by the Holy Spirit in our interactions with others and in the work that we do. Hmm. And that not only impacts the leader, then that's going to have the opportunity then to flow throughout the whole organization because it's no longer about the leader. It's about God in the leader. And that really impacts culture within an organization, doesn't it? Sure. If it's, if it's good to the extent that I do this, and I, you know, this is, this is, I'm an apprentice. Okay. This is not, <laughs> this is not something you master. Right. right. So, uh, so the, uh, the, the, the point of life, uh, old school is to love God and glorify him forever. So God gets all the glory of this, you know, as God flows through us and, and into the lives of those we touch and the more that that Right, that, uh, spigot, if you will, is turned on, then the then the blessing spreads throughout a whole organization, spreads to customers, vendors, competitors, everyone. There's opportunities for people listening to the show today, and as it plays out on podcasts around the country and around the world, to start up 10x groups in their local community. 10xgroups.com. Mike, is, is there a? They just go to the website. Can they figure out how to get this started by contacting you, or is that where the only place they can go? Really quick. Yeah, that's the easiest way. Just uh, just go to the website or um, you can call, uh, contact me at Michael Seif at 10xgroups.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-I-P-E at 10xgroups.com. And I'll fill you in. There's a real simple, inexpensive, Perfect. easy way to become a licensee. Mike Seif, thank you very much for being an I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Martha. Sure appreciate it. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work For Him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I Work, the number number four, him.com.